You're breathing pretty hard, Max. What? You're breathing pretty hard. Oh, that's deliberate. I'm just oh. exhaling. You're exhaling. Yeah. Why? No, dude, I'm I'm running. Oh, all right. Because I'm just I, exhale is a good thing. Yeah, it is. Ah, uh, let's just breathe. Breathe through your nose and out through your heart. <laughs> are we are we on? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, okay. We don't have to use any of this. No, why not? I don't know. But Max. Yes. Welcome to Magazine Episode 3. Yes. Are you liking the title magazine? Is it grabbing you? Yeah. I threw it out to my wife and she goes, What? I said, it's like a magazine. She didn't get it. I All said, right. this is his project. All right. And you still think it's our project. Well, it is our project. You're not my guest. You're my partner. Okay, but you are the leader of the show. All You're right. the main host. We went through this in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's even made it to number three, they, they don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so how are you doing? How am I doing? Uh, a little tired. I um, It's been, you know, October is my month, man. It's my month. And it never fails to be chock full of events and activities and uh, all kinds of things going on. And, and I have a guy coming in this weekend who is uh, building custom shelves in my office. Wow. Yeah. So it's you're, like, you're treating yourself to some, yes. some new things. I, I, would, I would go so far as to say this is our first remodeling project since we purchased the condominium. Okay. This is really the first serious alteration of a room right and uh as a result of that i've had to clear out my entire office like where's it gonna go it's not gonna go into storage that's crammed right and you're finding things you forgot you had i'm finding all kinds of shit and it's a lot of work and i have hundreds and hundreds of books and dvds and blu-rays and weird statues and i got a lot of shit so you're having a max cook garage sale yeah i mean it's no because then you have to deal with people but that's true but see that's it's it's all at once cathartic, but all at once it re- really exhausting. And then I'm realizing, oh, maybe choosing the month of October to make that happen was unwise. As things slow down, November, December, usually in the household, October is always the craziest month. Right. So why the fuck would I do this on October? Well, let's expand that. You are Mr. Halloween. Yeah! Favorite holiday of the year. I was married on Halloween. You're married on Halloween. You love the Halloween. You love the gore. You love the filth. You love the the scariness. <laughs> you love the filth. Come I love on. watching uh, scary movies, but most horror is uh, really uh, unsettling these days. Although, if we can uh, pause for Halloween a second, there is a, a new documentary I saw last night, which features um, true life horror that I, I I would like to bring to magazine as a recommendation. Bring it on! It's on iTunes, and it's a documentary from the Danish Film Commission. Even though it takes place in Florida, in a trailer park. That mainly houses sex offenders. Yeah. It is, it feels like an American documentary. It's called Pervert Park. Fascinating. Funded if, by the Danes. Yeah. If you're like me and you love lifting up the rock to see what's under it, to see all the bugs scurry out and then like brush away some of the bugs and then you see the worms start to squiggle around. Don't know if I'm quite like you. <laughs> but you got to check this doc out. I mean, some of these guys. Uh, and there's a female sex offender in there, mind you. But some of these guys, man, they're walking around with their ankle bracelets. 
Because wow. they have to be monitored 247. Now, all of these are on one park? It's one shitty little mobile park. I mean, it's... It, are I mean, they all molesting each other? It, well, that's what's funny is because, again, it's so heavily monitored because they basically have counselors who go there every single day. I think some of the counselors live there. It's a small little trailer park. But they have a central area where they all convene and have their meetings, just like you have Al-Anon meetings or, right. or AA meetings. Or right. These are sex offender meetings. But they're living there, too. Oh, correct. So it's a whole sex they're living offender in trailers. bubble. It's a sex offender world. And <laughs> and they're all, they all kind of have each other's backs. I probably shouldn't have said that. But, um, but it's, it, there's very odd tensions and then there's very warm friendships but i gotta tell you some of these sex offenders um were horrifying i mean they made me sick Mm -hmm. there was one guy who uh raped a five-year-old girl Mm. and that is really hard stuff to hear it is but it's happening and and it's stuff that i i am not one of these people who shies away from uh the horrors of the world like true life stuff Mm -hmm. i just don't in fact i i'm drawn towards it and the minute I saw this on iTunes, I'm like, holy shit. I hope no one thinks I'm going to be weird for renting this, but I rented it. Right. And it now, it's, it's, it's intriguing on a, you know, we, we all have our... Uh, Sociological level. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we all have our, our, our train wreck voyeuristic tendencies. Yes. But when something is kind of sick like that, you know, raping a five-year-old, it's really hard to see it when it's in your face. Yeah. Having said that, I'm going to see it. Oh, yeah. You have to. And, yeah. and don't... Don't worry about seeing the actual rape. Right, of the it's just it's just the description of it. There is a description. Yeah, it's it's described. Wow. And these guys definitely talk about why they were convicted and put on the sexual uh, predator a registry. Wow, there's a registry. Yeah, you know that, of course. And, and when a sexual predator moves into your neighborhood, right, you have to be alerted, and then it, he becomes like the Frankenstein's monster of the village. This is hard to respond to. Well, that doesn't help for podcasts. No, it doesn't. But let's put this in the whole Halloween bubble. Halloween, you know, is a combination of scary and spooky and a little bit, you know, sexy. Yeah, but also a little creepy. Yeah, you know, there's obviously unnerving, dread. Yeah, there's degrees of it though. All of this stuff is very your Halloween bubble. I think is a little more unnerving and creepier (laughs) than most. Why? (laughs) Because number one, you actually just lumped the pervert park into the Halloween bubble. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. Because because you're well, we were talking about horror. It's we were talking about horror. I'm greatly line. dissatisfied with uh, many modern horror films, although I did just rent uh, Clown Town, which I will be checking out later today on my couch. But um, So I don't know what that's about, but you've heard about the scary clowns that are popping out in the woods in real life? I heard, and, they're, and they're, they're actually hurting people. Yeah, and it's an epidemic. Yeah. There are clowns in the woods right. that are coming out of the woods and right. terrorizing people. They are literally happy on the outside and sad on the inside. <laughs> For so, real. These are... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm all um, into that, but... Yeah, well, most man. of the world thinks America's full of clowns anyway. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, talk about the horrors of the world. It's just so thematic. But yeah, I mean, uh, I just... This is my month, and I celebrate Halloween morning, noon, and night for 31 days. Actually, every day is Halloween for me. That's insane. And I, I've already fully decorated my uh, house with all of my Halloween stuff. With goblins and pumpkins oh, and yes. ghosts and oh, scary misters lights. and missuses. I have a Halloween tree. Do you have Halloween sheets and blankets? And uh, that kind of thing? No, but we do have Halloween dish towels. <laughs> and I put out the Halloween uh, soap. 
Halloween. So, if you it, go, so it's black soap, I assume. Well, it's it's a little um, it's a soap bottle shaped like a jack o' lantern. When you wash your hands, soap. does it turn blood red when you wash your <laughs> that hands? That would be great, but I don't think they've. I don't think, I think you gone should that invent that. I know. Well, I have a lot of ideas that well, I can't find finances on. But putting that into the bubble, you got married on Halloween. I got your married on Halloween. Wedding anniversary. Oh, it was the greatest. You bliss. were there. I was there. The theme of the wedding was uh, any character from the history of cinema. And you came as Fred Flintstone. I did. Which I guess there were two live action Fred Flintstone movies. There was. So you got away with we, it. Well, it wasn't by chance. We researched it. Yes, you we, did. We said. We want to go as Wilma and Fred. Went with my wife, yeah. who was Wilma, and she's Japanese, so she was a Japanese Wilma. <laughs> so she was uh, Wilma-san. She was great. I was Fred, and it was great. And uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Don't want to date the show, but Halloween's in a few weeks. Yep. And well, you know what's amazing is that, uh, you know, my wife at the time, let's see, I married her, it'll be 17 years, so that was 1999. My wife at the time, you know, she... I don't think she'd really found who she was yet. I think I really corrupted her. And and I, I'm the one who came up with the Halloween wedding idea, and she completely went with it. And she embraced the whole, like, we're like Morticia and Gomez Adams. We really are. You know, two misfits found each other in a world of shit, and we both have this slant on reality. And your I, families are both cast of characters. You yes. Know, you have an Uncle Fester. You completely. have a cu- cousin it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got a Pugsley and a Tuesday. Yeah, so uh, so she went for the idea uh, full bore, and oh my gosh, do you remember we had uh, we had a lurch walk down the aisle with a severed hand on a silver tray, and on that severed hand were our rings. I remember that. We had jack-o'-lantern centerpieces. Yeah, you did. We had everyone in costume. Yeah, it was scary and creepy. It was amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, and yeah, so this is... You're, you're not into Halloween? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't go trick-or-treating now. Right. I don't dress up and I don't... I give out candy if kids come to my house, which is very rare these well, days. Well, why would you go trick-or-treating now? Well, I think the adult trick-or-treating fad is actually coming back. A lot of really? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of adults go trick-or-treating. I'm actually surprised you don't. Wow. As a kid, totally. I actually, ironically, I met my wife at a Halloween party. Really? Yeah. That's great. I did. It was actually, it was half musicians and half uh, Halloween. Everyone was dressed up. That's but, cool. But the people that were, uh, that were musicians played. Yeah. And the people that were not were, you know, were just walking around. We were all dressed up. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met her. And we also got married in October, but the beginning of October. Now, the difference is my wife couldn't care less about our anniversary. Right. Uh, she even just, rem- she just completely forgot about it. Now, is but it your just wife is into it. Is it? Oh, yeah. She's into it. Well, I mean, we're going away to uh, Cayucas, which is oh, on the Central Coast. So nice. we like to celebrate Halloween up there because, yeah. uh, well, it's 25 degrees cooler. And there's uh, the smell of burning wood in the air. And you get the autumn leaves and everything else. But why did your wife forget your anniversary? Because she couldn't care less. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Only woman in America that couldn't care less. And it's... It's okay. In our family, we actually have a crap ton of October weddings. There's yours and Naomi's. There's my sister's, Ashley, and her husband, Josh. There's Carol and Tom Payson. There's a lot of people that no one listening knows. Exactly. (laughs) And there's mine and Nicole's. How about that? Well, I think October is, besides being scary and creepy, it's been, you know, so you can legally have sex. I want to go back to trick-or-treating because you said it seems like something I would do. 
I had very, very, very traumatic trick-or-treating experiences. And it turned out, see, I would trick-or-treat in like uh, Woodland Hills, and it was amazing. Like I remember, uh, speaking of Lurch, Ted Cassidy lived right around the corner the actor. from us. Yes, who played Lurch. And you'd walk up to his doorbell, and you ring his doorbell, and it's fifth of Beethoven. It went, bo 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 and he'd answer the door. You, I mean, he did the whole thing and put out the bag of uh, candy. But, dude, I was beat up on Halloween. I've had my candy bag stolen on Halloween. I've had wow. Uh, Were you snatch bag snatched on Halloween? You trick or treating in Compton? I, I was. Well, you know, once we left Woodland Hills and yeah. moved to Canoga Park, the the trick or treating wow. got shitty. The ghetto of Canoga Park. Absolutely, and uh, so I really was more into like. Like our friends, the Raskoffs growing up, my friend Kevin, his dad and mom and everything, they'd put out a whole graveyard in the front yard and dry ice and scary music and all that. So trick-or-treating was a part of the evening, but I was always the hired ghoul. So I would be the guy running around acting like, you know, Quasimodo with the rubber mask and the and the dirty brown shirt and hiding behind tombstones and leaping up and scaring people. That was my gig. And I love that. Yeah. I actually love that so much more than trick-or-treating. So no one was obviously beating you up doing that. Yeah. And it's so funny, too, because people are like, uh, hey, you must love dressing up every year. And it's like, that's actually the worst part of it because it's such a pain in the ass and, and costumes are so competitive now. And, yeah. But you know, and, it's like, but you, I'm surprised because you're an actor. Yeah, but I but, spend every day putting on wigs and noses and glasses and shit. So for me, Halloween's like, Wow, if I can just go up to the Central Coast and drink pumpkin beer on the beach and, right. and watch a horror movie on the beach, that's perfect. That's fantastic. Yeah. But let me go back to when you were a kid, because we talked about clowns and scary. Even though you were scaring people, you know, I guess I'm interviewing you now. What? <laughs> it always goes that <laughs> it way. It kind of does. What? And I'm learning about you. What were you afraid of? Did, did clowns scare you? Clowns weren't too scary until I saw the television production of Stephen King's It. See, again, I wasn't monitored much as a child. So we had Z Channel and I was watching The Exorcist and Burnt Offerings and The Shining over and over and over again. So I had sort of worn down my fear factor, you know, like I was not really scared of much. However, I will say that... uh, there was something about Salem's Lot. Do you remember that TV film based I do. on the Stephen King novel? Yeah. There was something about the vampire kid hanging outside the window, tapping on the window, and the light was shining up on him, and he's kind of wearing his like pajamas. Yeah, like, that was creepy. With the dead kid tapping on the window. That always freaked me out. So then I started to think about like monsters under the bed type stuff, more paranormal entity supernatural bad energy shit was the stuff that freaked me out i see because i spent a lot of time alone as a kid so like let's say my parents aren't going to come home till later you know mom and stepdad or whatever it's like i'm talking about the middle stepdad in the woodland hills house well that was a big house and it'd be like six o'clock and it's fall and the sun's already down and they're not home yet and you're just in that house and then you're waiting for the phone to ring and then you answer it have you checked the children Ma'am, we traced the line. The call is coming from inside the house. I mean, that kind of shit. That, it's all it's all theater of the mind. Oh, it yeah. scares the fuck out of you. You can I could sit there 
even in broad daylight, I could sit and really concentrate and get to the point where I could probably scare myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost like being alone and watching The Shining. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's some scary shit. Yeah. You know, because most of it's in your head. I mean, obviously, yeah. you've got you know, Jack Nicholson, you know, axing down the door. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just what's happening in your mind. And The Exorcist, when I was a kid, The Exorcist scared the hell out of me. Yeah. You know. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. And, and what but we a, love to be terrified, though. Yeah. What a treat it was. Well, it's very healthy for the body to be scared. This I've learned scientifically. Why? Horror films, because... Is it a purge of your emotions? It's a purge of emotions. It's a catharsis. You can work yourself up to a hysteria to the point where you need to cry it out. Mm-hmm. And crying is certainly a very healthy thing. You don't seem like you ever cry. I cry. When do you cry? Well, I'm not saying I cry in front of you. When's the last time you really bawled? Uh, well, crying or bawling? Mm, bawling. It's been a while. Yeah. You know, but I cry. Were you just like... <laughs> and it's just all pouring out of you. That release is so healthy. It's true. So when it's you're true. scared, your heart's racing, you're tense. The adrenaline is going. The adrenaline's going. You're on high alert. You're looking around. You're... Uh, you're on defensive mode. It's all good stuff for survival. But isn't that your daily life? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But then I can turn it off, unwind, exhale, <sighs> have some wine. This frontier red. We are drinking wine right good. now. We're drinking a nice red that Max brought for I, this podcast. Yeah. And uh, cheers to you, Max. It's a Santa Maria wine, and it's a red blend. For and, all of uh, you listening, we highly recommend you drink more wine <laughs> to enjoy life. In moderation, but we uh, we think wine is a, is a, one of the keys of life. Yeah, what am I doing? Sorry, I thought you... There you go, brother. So this podcast is, is definitely fueled by wine if you're listening. I hope you're listening while drinking wine. Why did it suddenly get so stuffy in here? Because you can't have the air on while we're recording? I turned the air off. Jesus. Want me to turn the air on? No, it's okay. So when's the last time you wept? Just uh, do you weep at like I will movies? sometimes, yeah. I will sometimes cry at a very sad documentary of something touching. But you know? more human-related All human-related stuff. You don't cry at animal shit ever. No, I mean. You, you, know, you hate animals. I love animals. No, you don't. I do. I love no. animals in nature. You, but you know, but the thing is though. But you don't like domestic I, pets. Well, I love domestic pets. I just, I just, I love not having them now. Why is that? I'm free. I feel totally free. I don't have to board them if I travel. I don't have to pay for them. Um, it'd be great to, like, you know, have a dog or cat <laughs> but around. You, but, but you have it, a it, wife it, who would love to have a kitty cat. She would love. So, I, I, I've, I've so been, why do you get to make the rules? If she's cleaning up the poops and she's uh, handling the cat and, and taking care of the cat, what do you care? I'm winning that fight for now, but I know I'm going to lose in the future. Yeah. I'm just winning. It's just temporary. I'm just renting the win right now. <laughs> You know how many cats need homes? Yeah, but they don't need my home. Of course they and do. And I love cats. Don't get me wrong. Just ha- have one come in. No, not right now. Oh, boy. No, this is what I'm That's doing. That's terrible. But this is a good segue. I was going to ask you because I love nature and I love animals. Yeah. And that's what I do a lot when I'm not playing music. I get, right. I'm lucky enough. And I'm going to go in a few weeks and I'm going to swim with the biggest fish in the world. Oh, yeah. In one of my favorite places in Baja and swim with whale sharks. Do you love nature? Oh, absolutely. What do you do to commune with nature? Well, listen, I used to be a major camper. Major. But I don't have anyone who will go camping with Your me. Your wife will not camp with no, you. No, because she gets the jumping jimmy legs at night, and she needs a bathtub. <laughs> so I'm there's well, something called glamping. Yeah. There are these very cool little cabins 
but they're they've got electricity and they've got hot running water and and the jacuzzi. I'm talking her into. Uh, I used to go with my friend Adam uh, over to Catalina Island, and they have a beautiful campsite there where they have hot showers at all hours. Coin them up showers. The water's hot. They're they're streaming in island music up there. Uh, and all you do is you know you you put your gear on your back essentially, and you get on a boat and you go across. And I'd say, I mean, Adam and I didn't do this because we brought our bikes, but I would say you could rent a golf cart and you head all the way up near Wrigley there and you set up your site and then you take the golf cart down into the city or into the town rather, go to Vaughn's, get your food, go on back up. You're grilling, you're drinking wine, you're hanging out, you got a hot shower and you're camping on an island in the Pacific. So you're backpacking on a boat with a golf cart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I wouldn't call it trekking. Uh, but right. It's not even schlepping. It's just more. Let's get the backpack and let other people. Well, not so move much backpacking because I'm pretty high maintenance with that. But if uh, I can find a good, like, oh, okay, there's uh, a couple of really great campsites, you know, uh, in San Simeon. Mm, you know, if I can yeah. fill my car and set up a whole site for just four or five days, there's a great one in Morro Bay. Uh, and I'll tell you something else with urban nature now. This is how I'm commuting, and and, and it's a new practice. It's only about two or three months old, but this is what I do. I wake up very early in the morning before anyone's up, almost at the crack of dawn's ass. And I go and I sit on my balcony because I live on the fourth floor and I'm facing the Hollywood Hills. So I see lots of trees and green and everything else. And I have two giant hummingbird feeders. Hummingbirds. And (laughs) And I watch all my little guys come to life and I watch them feed. And I change out the, the feeder, and then I watch the crows fly by, and then I watch the, the, the other birds fly by, and then I watch the squirrels go across the roof. And that, for me, is my daily communal with nature right You now. live in an urban jungle. Yeah. With ferocious hummingbirds, <laughs> crows, and... They are little shits, though. They get into fights. They're aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But they love you, and they love yeah. your nectar. So you just love little things that love your nectar uh, yeah you know, i'll tell you what I, I i love providing for them and researching them my wife got me two hummingbird books for my birthday i devoured them read them up so i'm, I'm fairly knowledgeable now and i my hummingbirds are so spoiled they get both clear sugar water that i home make and they get the red stuff if they want to have some candy it's a buffet it's a buffet you... and, and i've seen them perch hop and I'm like, bars closed, fellas. <laughs> you know, I got, I got, no, That's I got right. the no, my honey. You've got your hummingbird, hummingbird last call. Last call. Do you put a little bit of brandy in there? Oh, God. You, you shouldn't imagine? have done. No, they'll die. But, you know, your, your exodus that's every year. And I was like, wow, does he have to do this every year? Every it year. It wasn't until you brought me down. I did take you. And we made a series of videos about that. We them, did. Uh, that, that I understood. It's have a pretty- you seen Sicario? Yeah. Because I thought about Sicario. Yeah. No, nothing like that happens. (laughs) My trip is not a Sicario trip. Because Lorenzo's the guy who thinks that nothing will ever go wrong, and nothing ever really does go wrong for him, so he's probably right. I was the guy who was... I don't draw that shit towards me. Yeah, because you're you're driving 12 hours through Mexico. Yeah, Baja. Yeah, so I'm waiting for uh, the Federales to pull me over, to get me out of the truck, and then the cartel comes down, abducts me, and beheads me and chops off my hands. That's what I'm waiting for. But that doesn't happen. No. 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 Well, I wouldn't be going down if that happened. Yeah. You know, if that happened to me once, then it would be over anyway. So tell us about that place that you always go to. There's a place in the middle of Baja. Right. And it's on the Sea of Cortez. 
And it's, it's a little bay and it's filled with plankton for about five months of the year mm. because there's so much plankton there. The whale sharks come and they feed and then you can take a boat and go jump in the water and swim with them. Yeah. And it's pretty spiritual. You feel really small, which I really like. It's unbelievable. And uh, that whole area down there, it has a real kind of, dare I say, an apocalyptic kind of feeling because it, it's third worldian, but there's also a little resort there that you stay at. I wouldn't call it a resort. It's just a little <laughs> hotel. <laughs> resort is being very generous. But it's kind of end timesy because there's a lot of like just abandoned there's houses. Just, well, it's just the middle of nowhere. And it's yeah. not there's, it's not really that modern, which is what it's, I love about it. It's nature yeah. in the raw. So you go there and you're going, you're going back in time. Yeah. You're going to basically, it's Mexico like it was 100 years ago. Right. Uh, and it's got whale sharks and, and sea lions right. and manta rays and dolphins and sea yeah. turtles and... It's just a, this amazing aquarium that you can just jump right into and have nature How interact many years right have you gone? in your. I've, this is going to be my twentieth year. Wow! So that's kind of a milestone. It's pretty cool, and you've and you're with literally the biggest fish because it's yeah. a shark, so it's not yeah. a whale, but in the world. So they're about thirty to thirty-five feet long. There, I don't know. They weigh something like fifteen tons. Right. But they have no teeth, and they're not aggressive, yeah. and they only want to eat little plankton. They don't want to eat you. you. So you can jump in the water and be chill and just swim with them, yeah. and it's very, very zen. Yeah, I mean, we we got down and dirty when I went. I mean, it, it, you're you're out there, and uh, it's so great because the the I don't, the guys are different now who run the little boats, right? Well, I've been going with the same guy for years. It's still Ricardo down. Yeah, there. A guy oh, named he's, Ricardo. He's great. But um, when I was on the boat, there was Ricardo and that other guy. Yeah. Who the was guy, that other guy? His name was Arturo. Arturo. But he was only there for about a year. Right. But that year. It's like we're hanging on the boat, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Arturo catches some fish. He gets out his knife. He's got some ingredients. Two minutes later, instant ceviche. It was fantastic. It was so good. But it's, it's nature, which is basically my church. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I'm a spiritual person, I don't consider myself yeah. religious. Right. But nature is where I, I pray. Yeah. If yeah, I, if I do, pray. and you really love oceanic nature. Absolutely, especially. that's your, absolutely that's your big thing. I go boogie boarding, and I live near the beach. Now, you, you're not a big water guy. No, no, I are I, you? I love water. I've never seen you at the beach. And I mean, when, when I took you, you were in the water all the time. But that was just that one trip, right? I've never seen you at the beach. You don't surf. You don't boogie board. You well, don't body surf. No, well, no, I I did growing up for sure. Yeah? I absolutely did. No, I love boogie boarding. Um, I just, I just lost the practice of it. You okay. know what I mean? And that was in between the filth and the horror and the, <laughs> Listen, and everything. beach, I, I go to Cayucas, you know, three times a year. It's right on the central coast. And are you in the water? It's gorgeous up there. Uh, not so much because <laughs> it's, it's a much rougher terrain. Oh, it's the rough but terrain. But I wound up getting my little, uh, you know, beach boots. Yeah. You can walk in the water and you're, you're walking on rocks and shards and everything yeah. and it's not hurting. That's but, true. Uh, That's true. But no, I love swimming in the ocean. Okay, all right. I don't love swimming in Southern California ocean, though. Right. Because it's just so... It doesn't look nice. It, it actually really isn't as dirty as it used to be. Okay. But it, it does have a gray twinge to it. Yeah. That doesn't... It's not... I just feel like I'm swimming in a sewer. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem. It, it looks like it. It does. Yeah. No, I'm going to go back to the whole pet thing because I want to tell our audience the two loves of your life, besides oh. the hummingbirds... You're a pug lover. Yeah. And you've got pugs. You've got two black plug plugs. <laughs> two pugs, black plugs. Plugs. Spark plugs. And their names are Mickey and Malcolm. And they're the loves of your life, besides your wife. Yeah. And yeah, seriously. They like, are amazing dogs. 
they're my they're my best friends and uh they're they're both absolute train wrecks and they both need so much attention i mean right now Mickey is going through some coughing thing. We took him to the doctor. We got him on amoxicillin and some cough suppressants. The amoxicillin made his stomach terrible. So then he wound up farting all night. And horrible farts, too. And then you have to suppress his coughing. And then you have this, and then you have that. Now we have to bring him back to... I I can't... I can't... But it is Halloween, almost. (laughs) I can't even tell you how much they mean to me. They're just the best. They're, they're, They're ridiculous. And yeah, Pugs, you know, I, uh... Back to the Woodland Hills house, there used to be this um, this little pug. She was old. Her name was Misty. She didn't belong to me, but she lived across the street. And I'd be out front playing or whatever, and all of a sudden I'd hear... And that was Misty walking across the street to say hello to me. And she moved really slowly, and she had no nose, and you know her face is punched in, and she's got big brown eyes popping out of her head. Marty Feldman style, and I'm like, this is the greatest creature I've ever seen in my life. So while they're not necessarily athletic or heroic or anything else, the breed is actually very comical. So they provide constant laughs. So since that, my first official pug was Bugsy, who we got in Seattle. Then there was Lily. Then there was Mickey and Malcolm. And in between Bugsy and Lily, we adopted a guy named Tyler. He was blind, had one eye, and was blind in the eyeball that he had. And he had cancer, and he had sarcoptic mange. But he was the sweetest little thing, but he brought so many problems into our house. And then once the cancer was starting to take over, we put him down. I am never getting a pet again. (laughs) You have to. But that was the thing. You, besides just getting dogs, you you don't really get dogs. You are rescuing these dogs. Absolutely. I mean, so I mean, I've known you with all with most of the pugs. I don't remember Tyler though, but he was on Arch Drive for a little while. You, but you met Bugsy. Oh yeah, yeah. But you, Bugsy was purebred. We actually bought him. We bought him as a puppy and raised him. But I thought it was still we rescued. But you rescued them though. Yeah. Okay. So the dog Lily was a rescue. Right. She wound up having bladder stones. Yeah. She drained my first, like, the, the biggest my savings account had gotten, boom, <laughs> Gone. out goes $2,000 for surgery. Yeah, you're, you're just trying to get gigs as an actor yeah. to pay for your dog. Mm-hmm. But your That's dogs true. are incredibly cute, and but you saved their life, so you're, you're performing yes. an amazing service to yes. save these entities, and they're bringing you a lot of joy. Yes, and right. I, will never, I will never bring a dog to a vet again to be put down like we did Tyler, because I, I completely fell apart, and I couldn't even leave that place. They had to carry me out. So when Lily passed, and God forbid when Mickey and Malcolm go, we hire a guy who shows up with a basket, and he gives the dog three shots. The first shot is to just mellow them out. The second shot is to put them asleep. And the third shot is to stop their heart. Wow. So they, All in your house. They die beautifully right wow. in the house. It's like the cleaner. Yeah. You hire oh, the yeah. cleaner. You got a situation. Yep. Guy comes over. Yep. No problem. I'll clean up the situation. Yep. And it's all sanitary. Scoops up your dead baby. Puts and goodbye. Them in a basket. You give a little kiss, a little, little kiss. salute. See you later. And then three weeks later, you get a package and it's their ashes, which we, we've got two or three now uh, little dog houses that are full of ashes. It comes UPS? Or? Yeah. So UPS delivers your dog. Yeah. Wow. Here's your dead dog. Here's ashes. your dead dog, and you can... And the idea is, you know, once I go and once Nicole goes and we have all the ashes of our animals, all those ashes are blended together, mm-hmm. and they're thrown over uh, Cayucas Beach. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Enough of us already. Wow. Yeah. So the, the dog is actually surfing more than you are. Yeah, yeah. So again, just oceanic contributions that aren't shit and piss and puke. I, I, I'm telling you, I have been in, down here in the beach, in the water, and I have seen turds floating by. Terrible. Are you going to see The Shallows? What's The Shallows? Uh, is that a movie? It's a movie. Who's the chick in it? Damn it. Well, some hot blonde chick and a shark. That's it. It's like... I'm kind of there. It's a total throwback to Jaws. She gets stuck out in the water. It's just her trying to get show- away from the shark. Yeah. Nice. I think. In, right. in shallow water, actually. So I see. So she can't get to the shoreline, so... Right. So it's that one scene in Jaws with yeah. the... Yeah, correct. It's the opening scene. It's the opening scene made into an movie. entire movie. Yeah. Wow, I, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to see that until I see this Amanda Knox doc on Netflix. Oh, right. So see, I have an order to my... So I see. Because <laughs> we got to see what's going on with that chick. Now, to tell people, we are recording this podcast in my studio in L.A., and I, my studio is just a room in a big rehearsal complex. Yeah. So there's a guy drumming across the hall right now. So if you hear drumming, that's why. So I can't help that. Yeah. So in and out, you might hear bands and music and drumming. It's kind of a, subdu- a subdued accompaniment. A little bit. But anyway, if you hear some like boom, boom, boom in the background, yeah. that's the reason. That's a good explanation. Yeah. Yeah, I always love coming down here to your studio, except when you turn the air off. It's so mellow in here. Very nice. Thank you very much. Yes. And I'm, I'm loving this wine. What are you going to do for Halloween? For Halloween, frankly, I might get some candy. I think about three kids come to our house. Not a lot of kids on the, in the neighborhood. And that's really it. Are they still saying, trick or treat? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm assuming, you know, I will probably see peaking kids, if I do see any kids, Obama masks, probably Trump masks. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, yeah, you know, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, probably Johnny Depp. Hey, so I think Bahia would be a great place when the shit goes down. It's like whenever I go down there, it feels like where Linda Hamilton and the Terminator kind of found themselves to kind of re- regroup. It's it's where you if, could get if, there. if you could make it there, it would yeah. be almost like Mad Max Fury Road sure, sure. to go all the way down there. But if you made it there during an apocalypse, yeah, if the shit hit the fan yeah. and you can get in your car and get across the border nothing's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. So that would be a place of refuge. You and you know, know enough people there if, now if, that you if could Putin, prob- if Putin hit, if, yeah. you know, either Kim Jong-un or yeah. Putin hit the, you know, if they hit the button, yeah, yeah. that's where you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can get there. I think, and I think a, you'll that's be That's a protected. good call. Yeah. I, I agree. You could go down there and be welcomed with open arms. Well, I'm welcome with open arms anyway. I've been going there for 20 years. <laughs> All right, take it down a notch. It is a great place. Yes. Okay. Oh, listen, they're drumming. I'm walking on sunshine. Well, and trying to feel good. Don't you want to be in a band? Yes. You always seem to be a lead singer type guy. We we did it. We were in a band. We were in we a band. We had a blast. We had one show. One show, but it was a historic show. It, it was show. a lot of fun. Well, how great was it that the guy comes up who runs the club or whatever puts this fat wad of cash into my hand. I'm like, holy shit, wow. Me thinking that he did the same to all of you, and then we're all at Cantor's afterward. And it's like, okay, so where's that money at? Oh, I thought that was my... No, that's for the entire band. Yeah, I love that. That was great. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, you're really a lead singer of the band. (laughs) Because that's what lead singers do. Oh, it's all about me. Oh, I will take this money because this is my share. Okay, bye. Yeah, I didn't know how yeah. that's how it works. Oh, you want help with your gear? Oh, I got to go. Bye. Yeah. 
I'm the star. I can't yeah. be bothered. No, with you can't be bothered with schlepping your drum No, kit. being in our world at all. No, no. You're just the singer of, of your band. Yeah. We're, we're just here to support you. No, that was... Uh, that was fun. We did a, uh, an R.E.M. cover show. We learned R.E.M. songs. It and was you, called It Came From The South. And you played Michael Stipe. Yeah. And we all had a big show, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Hopefully, we'll do it again with some other band. One of the, one of the great experiences of my life. Well, that sounds great that you can actually sort of pretend that you were a lead singer yes. and have your 90-year-old audience dance. But I miss live performing, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, you're mostly behind the mic and, and no one really sees your I'm face. I'm in a dark studio. You're no in a dark studio and it's all your voice and that's really or great. I'm making videos alone by myself. But you really, really want to be in front of the camera. Yeah, well... I mean, you got a very interesting face. But uh, If people want to go and Google Max Cook, mm, you'll see what the man looks K-O-C-H. like. K-O-C-H. But yeah, I uh, and I just got new pictures and I'm going to get into that. But I mean the live performance, that instant gratification of an audience response. Yeah. That's what uh, that's what I really want to do again. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm a drummer, and I'm always in the back. Yeah. So I'm kind of watching the show, if right. you will. I mean, you know what they say, the drummer has the best seat in the house. Right. So I, even though I'm in the band, I'm, I'm kind of removed. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the lead singer who's entertaining everybody. Yeah. But even though they're not looking at me, when yeah. you play your own songs and you get the feedback, it's actually a pretty awesome experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's Just, nothing like it. No, it's great. It's great. Just like the feedback that we're going to get from this podcast. Absolutely. It's going to be an incredibly awesome experience. Hundreds of comments. Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. <laughs> Max, this has been great. Woo! I, I think I'm going to... Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's going to be like November 18th. Happy Halloween. Whenever this uh, finally hits. Th- this will hit in the future. Okay. Hopefully not too long. All right. But, you know, I think we covered some good ground. I think so, too. I hope that we were entertaining. And I look forward to the next one. Never say, I hope we were entertaining, because that's a turnoff. Just say, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. There you go. Max, thanks for coming. Hey, thank you, brother, and I'll see you next time. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this, hopefully, a lot. Woo! Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.